Five-minute penalty to Chicago, a game misconduct, and then Manson having words with Stephen. And now, Butcher gets into it. We're going to have a brawl, folks. Stand by. What's up, everybody? Tyler Cash here, coming at you, not live, but pre-recorded from Las Vegas, Nevada. I am enjoying a nice, cold Dr. Pepper, because I just woke up from a nap, and I'm going to chase it, I believe, with some some smelling salts from my hockey bag, because I am struggling. How are you doing, bud? Thursday night. The hell you got going on? <laughs> Dude, I'm just so tired. Um, just been working a lot, uh, trying to organize this trip back to St. Louis, hopefully, for this game at the end of the month. Also got a baby shower to be planning. Just a bunch of adult shit that they don't tell you about when, uh, you know, when you were a kid and all that mattered was getting drunk and partying all the time. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's good. It's just been uh, it's been a rough uh, week of ups and downs uh, for sure. Attended the Golden Knights game the other night against the Caps. And boy, <laughs> I like to fuck with my uh, my heart on that one, man. I, I when they let in that first goal in the first period when Leonard did and uh, Kuznetsov just kind of slid it past him. I was like, Oh shit, here we go again. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you, Tommy. Part of me thought about leaving like at that exact moment. I think it was the earliest I've ever had the thought in my head to leave a hockey game. It was like 10 minutes into the first period. And I was like, dude, I just didn't have it in me, but you know, uh, Actually, you know what? Let's just dive right into it. Pete DeBoer did something I don't think I've ever seen in the history of watching hockey, and that's he pulled the goalie after the first period when it was just one-to-one. And a lot of people thought it was a very strange um, choice to start Robin Leonard in the first place over Logan Thompson, considering, you know, they got to win out all these games. Uh, My question to you, you know, you're not exactly a fan of the team but you know outside looking in what what do you think went down in that locker room what do you what do you think happened in order to make that goaltending change so abruptly after the first period I mean you were you were at the game so you probably might have more insight than I do but I felt like the Knights like in a game that they pretty much absolutely needed to win they weren't that I guess hyped they weren't like playing that great I felt like and it's like okay it's 1-1, like, we should probably be lucky that we're here at 1-1, and probably Pete DeBoer, I mean, arguably, if you think he missed playoffs, his job's potentially on the line um, for a lot of reasons, but it's probably like, all right, let's spark the fucking boys. Leonard's going to be pissed, but that's not my job is to make players happy. My job is to get us to the playoffs, and this is the way I think we can do it. And then they switch to Thompson, and – that goal by uh, first goal by Ovi. I was like, eh, maybe not a bad, good call. Maybe I could call DeBoer, but he settled down and ended up being a pretty good game. Yeah. I'm no one's stopping that, that goal. I think it was a two on one yeah. uh, shot and you know, it was all the cross he, and he made an admirable attempt to make that, to make that save. Logan Thompson was brilliant. It, it was great. Like he, you know, he, he did exactly what they needed. And as you said, I think it just was more of a wake-up call, more so than letting him know that Leonard wasn't performing up to his abilities. But I, I will say this. I'm trying to pull up the exact quote because this is what I was waiting for. Uh, went to the game, like I said, had a few uh, cocktails and uh, it was experiencing the, the ups and downs of the roller coaster of that game for sure. Um, 
And I, I knew I was like, man, I need to wait until after this post game interview. I, I want to know why DeBoer did what he did, or at least if he can give a little bit of insight. And I'm going to find this quote because it it was wild. Honestly, it seems like he he kind of let the cat out of the bag saying that Leonard was not performing up to his standards. So, so technically it would have been two to one going into the second period. They had an offsides rule uh, where they, they challenged it. Um, I, I believe that was also going to be a Vetchkin as well. And uh, Tom Wilson was um, across the line first before the puck. So had that great overturn challenge coaches challenge, which by the way, the golden Knights are eight and one on the season, which is, just insane to think about. They're pretty much, well, they are un- unbeatable when it comes to these coaches challenges. But the, the quote was after asking him why he went with Thompson instead of letter in the second period, he said, the decision to start him, we pay him to start games like this. It's the most important time of the year. He's healthy. So let's go ahead and throw that out. Right. He, he, he definitely wouldn't have thrown him under the bus. If, if he wasn't healthy, he's fresh. He's got a lot of energy. We need him at this point of the year. After that New Jersey game, I felt like I wanted to give him the opportunity to bounce back. Um, we pay him to win these games is, is the quote really right there. So I guess he just didn't like what he saw in the first period. And, and it's, as you said, tie that in with just kind of waking the guys up. They, they yeah. looked dead out there in that first period. Didn't look like the, the, the season was on the line. It looked like they had already booked some tea times and yeah, it, it woke them up, man. It was a very exciting game. They wound up winning it in overtime, four to three shade Theodore buries it. Not a big deal. It goes right down the middle. Just beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. Um, my question is who's in net now, right? I feel like you made a statement. It's gotta be Thompson's net, but if you ask me and you ask a lot of fans, this, it's been his net for quite some time. So, you know, next game, who do you think that they're going to? I mean, got to go to the guy who got you through this. I mean, got to go to Thompson. I mean, that's the thing, though. That's where money talks in this league and always will. Like, you're paying a guy millions of dollars versus a guy who's up on an emergency loan that's making league minimum. And the guy who's making millions of dollars is supposed to be here long term. You're obviously going to give him all the opportunities in the world as you can. That, that's that's I feel like was all it is, and now it's like let's do or die. We know who who we have to go with. We've given Leonard as much as we can. Now he's got to sort of sit by and watch. And granted, Thompson's probably still gonna have a really short leash with all that he's done, but I think that's that's my take. Yeah, it, I've never seen the the leash being a one period short. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's almost like DeBoer didn't want to start him, but did anyways. And, you know, quickly regretted that decision. Obviously, the, the decision to put LT was the right one. Um, so far, Logan Thompson is 9-5-0, and 2.56 goals against average with a .920 save percentage. Like, you know, it's not incredible, but he's definitely a solid backup option that's making league minimum now for the next three seasons after this. They extended him at league minimum. This is a guy that probably didn't even think he was going to get an opportunity. They signed Laurent Brassois in the offseason to an extension as well. Who knows where he's going to be in all this mess next season after he's healthy. Um, but it's exciting, man. I, I, I know you told me to, to, you know, chill my horses a little bit and comparing him to Jordan Bennington and, and the amazing run that the, the Blues did in 2019. But he, it's really hard to not compare him. Like, he's got this, like, cocky 
attitude. Obviously, he's not doing shutout after shutout. It's not like record-breaking stats here. But uh, in the post-game interview where they asked him what it was like playing against Ovechkin for the first time, he said, yeah, he's okay. Like, super just chill. It reminds me of 2019 Jordan Binnington. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care who I'm playing. Like, I'm going to stop the puck if I can. Well, what are you trying to compare? Are you trying to compare his antics and the way that he's acting in the interview? Or are you talking about his play on the ice? Because the, the not the same. Well, the positioning, right? Like, Jordan Bennington definitely wasn't on their radar. radar. Logan Thompson wasn't on their radar. This wasn't their first or even second, potentially not even their third choice when it comes to goaltending. This guy shows up, steals the position from a guy who's making over $5 million a year, a guy that you kept and traded the Vesna winning goaltender away for essentially nothing. It's like, it says a lot to go with this young guy who's making league minimum. Like you said, money talks. And the fact that they're putting this guy in net that's up on an emergency standard issue because Brossois is being injured and just that 75 K sorry, 750 K is just nuts. Um, so it's exciting. I know it's more of an exciting story. Is it going to be enough to get them to the cup? Probably not, but if they ride this hot hand, it could sneak them in. You know, they, they basically have to win out. They have four games left. One is actually against the Dallas stars, which it's looking a lot like they might actually be the ones to slip. Um, essentially if the, if the golden Knights want to make it in, they got to win out. They got four games left and they need either the Dallas stars or the LA Kings. I guess it could also be the Nashville predators to lose two or three of the next five for them. Um, so it's not completely over, uh, you know, fans like us have our fingers crossed, but I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of goalie situation they have next year, whether they're going to give Thompson an honest shot, if they're going to move him back to the AHL and, and use Brossois. It just seems like a very similar situation to me, and it's exciting to see these guys getting these opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Leonard also only has an 18 no-trade clause, so that's a whole other topic of discussion. Eight, Only eight teams? Modified no-trade. He can provide eight teams that he can't go to. So Probably um, all of Canada, right? Like, that's, <laughs> that's it. Most of it, yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's that's one thing to consider. I mean, looking ahead, but obviously still a long way to go before we get there. I'd like that... to see him go back to the Isles, man, like back to the New York Islanders. He's He's got that tattoo on his neck. You know, he, he said that that was like the most respect he's ever been paid by a franchise. I mean, that could be exciting for both the player and the team, you know? Yeah, but I think the issue uh, with that is what the hell does does do the Islanders do with their goaltending? I mean, that's a whole other topic of discussion. Like, in an ideal world, does it make sense for him? Yeah. Does it realistically make sense right now? Probably not for the next couple of years because there's got $9 million tied up in Varlamov and Sorokin. But, um, yeah, I mean. And they, they're not, their goaltending's not bad either. No, like, it's, it's, they, no. Have no, they have no reason to trade for him. Varlamov's not having the best year. He's 9 15 and 2. 2.86 goals against average, 0.914, but it's probably better than Leonard. I say better than Leonard. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty confident in saying that. Yeah. But I mean, a change of scenery is, you know, always can make a make or break a player. And if he loves the city, you know, potentially. But like you said, they're not in the market well, for it. They're not. They may not want him. So he's also had five changes of scenery. So I mean, 
how many more does a guy need? No, no offense to Robin Leonard by any means, but I don't think that's the problem if that's the case. So fair. Yeah. And if, you know, he's, he has had a history of mental health issues and that unfortunately, you know, weighs on him. He deactivated his Twitter, you know, he's kind of shut himself out and he's always been one of those people that, you know, enjoyed reaching out and being social, so he, he clearly has got inner demons he's working, you know, dealing with right now, especially if the, the coach himself is, threw it out there. He's like, he's not injured. Stop. Basically, yeah. Dr. Frank Cervelli, he's not injured. Like, he's good to go. I, I think if he was struggling with something, I don't think the coach would, would basically take that uh, umbrella away from him, that blanket that he could use as an excuse at the end of the year. Like, hey, I wasn't feeling myself. It, it's just uh, obvious whatever he's dealing with. I hope he um, – he can take care of sooner than later. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Uh, some other news around the league. Well, actually, let's stay on topic since we've just been talking nights. I mean, it kind of involves him still was Ovechkin. Uh, iconic way to hit the 50-goal mark, just coming down the right circle. Oh, Logan Thompson, hey there. Here's a, here's a fucking massive slap shot. Try and stop me. Gets a piece of it, goes in. Ovi hits 50. Ninth season he's at 50 plus goals ties the league history or the nhl record for that between wayne gretzky and mike bossy now ovechkin joins them not surprised but this old man just doesn't let up he's chasing gretzky hard so it's kind of win-win for me i got to see history and also the knights take home a win uh I'd be interested to find out how many of those goals are like wrist shots or tap-ins because it seems like every single goal I've ever witnessed from Alex Ovechkin is just a slapper, like just full, like power, you know, meat to the grinder in your face slap shot, like, which is just nuts. Like he's got full force. He, as you said, he just brought the fucking puck in himself. Anybody else probably would have sent it sailing right over the fucking net. And he's just got this shot that's, not only is it a laser, but it just stays low, which yeah. is also just mind blowing. Just goes, I believe five hole, or it might have slipped like right underneath his his yeah, pad. I think so. Uh, beautiful goal, and yeah, like I said, I thought it was great in the post game interview, asking him like, "Hey, what do you think of that?" He's like, "Yeah, I, I don't really think much." <laughs> Guy up two against fucking Ovechkin. I don't really got much to say. I feel like either, but um, yeah, congrats to Ovi. We'll congrats. A couple yeah. more years. We'll see if he's chasing down him. Gretzky might be three. We'll see. But yeah, he's getting closer every, every fucking day. Is bossy and uh, Gretzky. Do they have just nine seasons with 50 goals? That's correct. So if he gets one more, he like solely owns the record for that. Yeah. 50 goal seasons. He would own the record hundred percent. That's, that's huge. I mean, and at his age and everyone's talking about him chasing the like all time gold record from Gretzky, it just becomes more apparent each day that that's going to happen. Which is crazy because Bossy literally only played 10 years in the league and his first nine years, he had over 50 goals. <laughs> and his last year, he only had a, only had a paltry 38. No big deal. Like, oh, yeah. Well, it had to have been an injury, right? That took him out if he only played 10 years. I'm honestly not too sure. I mean, if I, it's interesting because like he, he played from basically like 20 to 30. And that's all I know. I don't know the context around why he, he stopped so early but um i think he was wasn't he a part of the islanders like four cups i think too so yeah yeah I mean, he was one of the only people that to do that what else do you have to play for you know what i mean <laughs> he just said fuck it he hung it up he's like i'm just gonna drink beer and and hang out and party um 
which uh by the way didn't he i think he passed recently it, it was it was a chronic back injury by the way after looking yeah he did recently pass with uh with lung he, or he was diagnosed with lung cancer i don't think he's passed actually no he did yeah like yeah. a week ago That's yeah right. very recently so rest That's in right. peace Absolutely went over me yeah rest in peace for sure but yeah, I mean, hell of, hell of a career. Yeah, four consecutive Stanley Cup championships in the 1980s. Ten years, pretty much went out on top, honestly. Like, legend in his own right. And, you know, we're witnessing Ovechkin build uh, a similar uh, career amongst himself, minus the minus about three cups, right? Because <laughs> Isles did four cups in a row. Yeah. So, like, that's just crazy. I mean, if we're going to see anything like that, it would be Tampa. Um but I mean, yeah, it was just a different game back then. It, you know, the, if a roster stuck together long enough, they clicked. It was more about the chemistry than like the sheer firepower and talent of a team. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, rest in rest in peace, man, and, and congratulations to um, Ovi on, on breaking that record. Um, tying, glad I, tying the record. Oh, okay, yeah. So whether he breaks it, but I mean, if he breaks it, then he. I feel like it's just a an easy limp into into beating Gretzky's record because it was something like thirty goal seasons, right? It was like yeah. seven thirty goal seasons, or not not even. Like he's he's coming up real hot. I think so. I mean, I don't know about the thirty goals, but I mean, in terms of what overall, um, I mean, I think he's what within like a hundred something. Um, I think like a hundred ten ish. I had to guess off the top of my head. Uh, Gretzky's 894, eventually 780, 114. So, yeah, so he, he only has 114 goals left. If he does one more 50 goal season, not only does he get that record, but he basically halves the amount of goals yeah. that he's going to need. And he just signed that still long got five games. Still got five games this year to add a couple, too. So, crazy, crazy. All right, like moving right along, Minnesota Wilds, Ryan Hartman was fined $4,250 for unsportsmanlike conduct. AKA doing exactly what we'd all like to do. And that's flipping the bird to a Vander Kane after a scrum at their game. Um, incredible, uh, which, you know, I've never really thought of it this way. Th those gestures are not great for TV either. Uh, obviously we're not getting them mic'd up. So you're not hearing these, uh, these obscenities. They're screaming at each other, but we all know what it's like to flip a bird at somebody. Um, but yeah, the, the interesting uh, part of the saga was the fact that Evander Kane's wife, Venmoed Ryan Hartman $200 uh, to help pay for the fine. Kind of sparked a little bit of uh, drama, a little bit of entertainment for the internet. Uh, and then everybody started Venmoing Ryan Hartman. And he raised over $50,000, I believe, for a local children's hospital from Minnesota. It's definitely a charity uh, regarding children and Minnesota, which is just amazing. He's like, yeah. I'm a man. I'm going to pay my fine. It was worth it to, to flip that fucker off. And uh, I'm going to do something great. Uh, and you love to see it. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's just funny. I mean, obviously the guy has got, you know, a little more than four grand pocket change to an NHLer, uh, more like uh, quarters maybe, but yeah, I mean, I think it was funny. I yeah, donated all the money to, uh, I think children's Minnesota, which is like pediatric healthcare. Um, up in uh up in the Minnesota area so that's super cool to see it's funny how like curious as how like that actually got wind of that like if someone just stalking Ryan Hartman's Venmo somehow had his Venmo is like oh wait a second this is so and so why is he paying oh shit this is why and then I that's such a I don't know 
who the fuck who the fuck's looking at ryan hartman's venmo transactions or evander kane's ex-wife's venmo transactions that actually cares to i don't know blast on the internet just a weird not, thing but still not funny. to not to mention ryan hartman is like the the most vanilla generic white dude's name ever it sounds like a a doctor or a lawyer hi i'm ryan hartman attorney at law you know so it's like you don't know which ryan hartman you're gonna get i wonder if there's like some random ryan hartman somewhere in like you know boise idaho that got a couple hundred bucks venmo to him or whatever (laughs) yep um but yeah either way i love to see it i think it's great uh it's also great to add that considering evander kane just went through that divorce in theory, Evander Kane helped pay also for this fine, aka donating to charity, which is which is also nice because he, you know, she probably used his money when when making that payment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, love to see it, um, and even more so, love to see it because it involves a good thing such as charity and helping little kids. Um, moving right along, let's uh, let's talk about something more current, and that is the fact that. We very well could have our first playoff matchup uh, announced, I guess, in a sense, or at least placed, and that is the St. Louis Blues versus the Minnesota Wild will be the first confirmed matchup of the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs if the Wild get at least one point tonight against the Canucks. I feel like, Last- it, I feel like it already is, though, no? Uh because the Wild have six games, that gives them 12 points, and then that bit them one below Colorado, and they can't go below St. Louis, and Nashville can't jump up. I think it might already be confirmed for what it's worth. Okay, well, either way, if that's not the case, if they just get one point out of this game, that that's at least that's what I read on the internet, and you know, the internet never lies. Tom, I know, you know. I, I know you're rooting for a Canucks <laughs> win tonight, right? No, 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 definitely. I, I, you know, I'm not worried about the Canucks. Wow. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but I'm really, I'm really not. They're their path to making the playoffs is just a bit trickier than everybody else's. And I mean, I, la- last tie, time I saw tonight, they tie the Knights in points. What do you mean? Same games. I don't I'm know. I'm not worried about it. I don't know. I can't explain it. They, they have like a 3% according to the money puck, I believe is the website that announced that they have like 3% of making playoffs and the Knights are still dancing around that, like 20% mark. And you know, the Kings are 90, something like that. So I don't know. I, Yes, I would very much like the Minnesota Wild to win. I would like the Canucks to not get a point out of this, but as of right now, it's three to three, third period, eleven fifty-six left. And you know what? Actually, this isn't in our notes, but I think this is going to be a great little leeway. I I see everywhere on the internet, everyone's talking about how we need to be messing with our point system, and that the loser point is kind of coming into a scenario where it's just obnoxious, and it, and these teams are sitting back and they're not really they're not really playing with their all knowing that they're going to get one point in, in uh, overtime. So what would you think about that? I saw that, I think it was bring hockey back posted like a, a poll saying, what would you do? Would you, would you consider a three point system? Maybe three points for a victory two If you get it done in three V three overtime. And then if it happens to go to a shootout, that's just uh, you would just get the one, I guess. Is it, what would be your take on that? Oh, it's pointless. It's more, it's, it just becomes, <laughs> no, it literally it's, it becomes like, Oh, I don't like this because the last two minutes of the game are boring as a hockey fan. But if you look at the statistics and you take, if I think someone did it like the last few years, if you overlaid like that same system on what happened the last few years, like the only thing that changed was same teams qualified, maybe one or two teams like switch spots. That's it. 
it's not going to change anything. People aren't going to drastically be better or drastically be worse. People are going to adapt to the system. Like similarly, like three on three, when it first came out, everyone was like, how the fuck do we do this? And it's like, oh, cool. We just hold the puck for two minutes and tire the team out and get a scoring chance and try to win the game. Like that's basically all it is. It's just changing something to change something, but it doesn't do anything. Like I understand why people want it. I understand it's boring, but like, it's not going to change. It's all going to even out at the end of the day. So, well, it would change the golden Knights perspective. That's for damn sure. They would be, they would be in a playoff spot if it was just win or lose. So, cause they, they only have five overtime losses and that's by far the, the least in the Pacific. Yeah. And, but, but how many of, how many, how many of those games have they gone to overtime? They've won though. Uh, you know, I, I don't know the stat, but it's, it's insane, Tommy. I'm not even kidding you. I'm pretty sure that they've won like eight of 10, the last over, like last overtimes they've gone. They just don't lose in overtime. So I don't know uh, as a Knights fan, I could see how somebody could get frustrated with that. I, my, my take is I believe that you should just win or lose the loser point just seems silly to me. Like it, if it comes down to that point, like you should just, Whoever wins, wins. And if that means you still use the same structure as a, a 3v3 and then the shootout, so be it. You know, I I, I, don't, I, never really understood, like, taking away a point out of it. And now this year of all years, it's just kind of bored out the last couple of weeks. Like, I swear every other game has gone to overtime and not in an exciting fashion. Very rarely is it, like, on the edge of your seat because these teams know that if they get that one point, it helps contribute towards the, the big playoff picture. But I also see what you're saying. Like, yeah, somebody brought up that it's really not going to change much. The, the teams that are supposed to get in are going to get in, you know, and we shouldn't be adapting just to, to get more exciting hockey out of certain clubs. But I just thought it was an interesting take. I know a lot of people hate that rule. I know a lot of people don't like the shootout either. Um, I've also seen the argument that people think that we shouldn't be able to ice the puck whenever you're you're killing a, a penalty which is just absolutely crazy to think about um how the madness of that would be um i guess it wouldn't even change that much you would just get used to soft dumps <laughs> uh like you know you know like I mean, it, it would you wouldn't send it the length of the ice but you would just kind of like throw it closer to the blue line i mean it's a little easier said than done you know right what I mean? but, but I, I, I guess teams would adapt like you said like you just kind of they learned that if they hold back for two minutes and tire out the team, then they're going to win. And I mean, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like that's part of strategy. Just like when a player goes behind the fucking net for 45 seconds while his team sets up same exact concept. Like it's not going to go anywhere. Like if you want to change and solve the problem, like make it where, Oh no, these two teams are just lollygagging for the last two, three, five minutes of the game sweet now we get four we get 10 minutes of four on four or something like make it more fun or it's not just like i don't know i mean three on three can be exciting but the way it's been played out and strategized it's kind of just boring it's like let's skate in circles for two minutes and try and get a scoring chance and then if we miss another team sprints down and gets an odd man break and probably wins the game if we don't like it's just gotten to a point where i think three on three has played itself out i think that's more important than fixing a, a point system which I don't think it needs to be fixed in my opinion. Hey now, what's up goons? Tyler Cash here, and it's time to pause the podcast and chat a bit about our amazing sponsors over at Schlafly Brewing Company. Hockey and beer, does it get any better? I don't think so. Schlafly has been brewing up some of the best beer I've ever had for many years, and it's officially that time of year for their famous Raspberry Hefeweizen. 
It's one of my personal favorites. Their raspberry Hefeweizen distinguishes itself among others in that it's a true fruit beer. None of this fruit flavored crap. It uses real raspberry in the brewing process. Once the fruit sugar ferments out, the aroma and flavor stay in, making this a delightful drinkable beer that's not too sweet or tart. It's refreshing and balanced with a natural hazy pink coloring. Because it's low in alcohol, it brings out a smooth dose of weediness, and it's perfect for summer. It's perfect for any time. Download the Schlafly app or visit schlafly.com to locate and devour yours today. That's S-C-H-L-A-F-L-Y dot com. Schlafly beer. Drink mo beer. This podcast is brought to you by One in a Million Handyman Services Incorporated. One in a Million is a family-run local company that's been serving the Las Vegas, Nevada area for over 15 years. They are licensed and insured throughout Clark County and travel as far as Boulder City, Henderson, Las Vegas, and North Las Vegas. One in a Million specializes in smaller home repairs, but also tackles commercial repairs. They've worked around the Strip, residential homes, commercial buildings, you name it, One in a Million has made their mark. With a 4.5 star Yelp review and countless of happy customers throughout the 15 years, you can guarantee you'll be happy with their services. All previous customers can refer an unlimited amount of friends and family for a $25 referral credit, which would come off of any future projects and or repairs if they decide to use one in a million. This offer also extends to the Fourth Line Goon listeners. Mention this podcast and you will receive a $25 referral credit that will come off of the total cost of your repairs. One in a Million is open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and you can find them on the web at wanandamill.com. That's J-U-A-N-I-N-A-M-I-L-L.com, or you can also find them at one.inamill on Instagram. One in a Million Handyman Services won't let you down. Check them out. All right, so then going back to the Minnesota Wild-St. Louis Blues matchup, it seems like it's evident that they're going to be the teams that face each other in the first round. You're a Blues fan, right? So you you want to say Blues, but I, I kind of think it's a bummer that these teams are facing each other in the first round. They're both great. <laughs> you know, they're, they've been representing great hockey for a while now. I mean, shit, I never thought I'd say this. Minnesota's actually looking exciting. Uh, what would be your take on that series? Do you think it'd be easy for one team or do you think it's going to go the full distance in seven games? So I'll, I mean, the recency bias is in play here. However, stats are like, it's a joke. The last 14 games, the blues are 12, one and one against the wild. They're 13, one and two against the wild under Barube. I don't, I don't know what else needs to be said. Like, yeah. I think, uh, that's it. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's it. I don't know yeah. what to say. I mean, um, the blue, the blues look great too, man. Like, you know, not to stroke you off right here. And now like they do, they, they do look good. I mean, it's, it's crazy that that Buchnevich trade is just looking like probably the best move army has like ever done. Next, like, to, on, next to Ryan O'Reilly, which granted Tige Thompson's fucking finally turned it on almost a 40 goal scorer. So it's working out for Buffalo in the long run, but yeah, I mean, either way. Yeah. I mean, it's just looking at the matchup. It's just like, Great act, regular season's regular season or whatever, but like, how do you just discount that? And then like the Blues just constantly, I feel like berate the the Wild, and it's just never a situation where it's like, oh no, we're playing the Minnesota Wild, what's gonna happen? Like it's always just like, oh okay, 
wild again. Like the blues are three now against the wild this year, granted two are in overtime. It's just like same old, same old. We play them well, you know, games are close, but the blues just always seem to have that edge to, to, to close it out or win. For whatever so, reason. so blues and what are you I, saying? <laughs> I you saying blues and four. There's five games left in the season. I'm not making a prediction injuries, et cetera. Let's not go there yet. Okay. All right. So wild and three, I get it. I get okay. it. Um, no, I mean, you know, the wild can play a boring game and we have seen teams that are playing with high intensity and energy get shut down by these, these teams that have great defense. And I mean, that, that is kind of the wild in a nutshell, but you know, personally, I like to see the blues take it. I, I think they're, they're, they're probably going to win the conference. I, I, in my head, that's where I'm going with that. Um, I mean, it's, it's the avalanche. It's the question mark for them. I just don't feel like the avalanche are built for the postseason, And the fact that Landis Gog has been out for as long as he has McKinnon's dealt with his own injuries, Kadri as well. I don't know. And I mean, you can say the goaltending got better, but we still haven't seen a lot as far as that goes, whether or not under pressure, you know, he could help them win a series. Uh, very going to be very interesting. I feel good personally. If the Knights make it in, they would, they could potentially be facing the Avs, and we saw what they were capable of doing to them last year with Stone kind of just shutting down the McKinnon line. Um, that's just the trick, man. Like these teams that are top heavy, which is funny. You'd say the same thing about the Golden Knights. If you take out their first line, they have nothing else to do. And and uh, yeah, yeah, play boring hockey, shut down hockey, New York Islanders brand, if you will. It, you're going to win a, a series or two, and you may not go the whole way, but yeah, and, you never know. But going to be uh exciting as you said it looks like that's pretty much going to be the potential matchup there um the east is all clenched um the capitals took that last wild card spot and now we're just kind of waiting yeah now we're just kind of waiting on the west which has just been wild to say the least it, it pun intended and um yeah we're just waiting man it's it's gotten down to the wire which means you know there's five games left it, it looks like nashville Dallas, Vegas, LA, and now Vancouver are all in the mix for these last spots, which is just kind of sweet because we're getting extra playoff hockey, but not so good for my liver and my heart. I'll say that much. Um, I, I have faith, man. If they, if they roll Thompson, I, I really do think that they, they got a good chance of at least winning the next three or four. And then it's just going to come down to the tiebreaker. And yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's just interesting. It's just like, I mean, Last game of the last game of the season, not this Friday, but the following last games of the season. Stars play the Ducks, and then the Blues play the Knights. So it's like if that's tied in that sense, like all bets are off still. And the way that the Wild and Blues are playing, like neck and neck, odds are home ice is probably still on the line at that point. And then it's just like all bets are off. Knights aren't getting the rest of the Blues lineup. Like, yeah, you know, ducks are probably rolling over to improve draft position. You know, there's, there's a lot to consider there, but again, well, next week we'll see how nervous you are or aren't or confident or not confident or worried or what it's, re- it's really going to come down to the Dallas stars game. Cause if they win that, it's a four point situation. They'll take two away from Dallas and they'll have two for themselves. Got to beat that, San Jose first. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, and we have an insane record against San Jose, especially at home. I don't think – I think that it's like one of the longest streaks in the history of the NHL, if I remember correctly. It was something like 16 games that they've we won. We saw what happened with the Devils. It's all insane. 
Yeah, true. But, you know, so. we got the right guy in that. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Last regular season home game going to be this Sunday. I'll be there. Fan appreciation night. Very exciting. Um, and they hit the road and they got to beat Dallas and they got to beat the Blues. So, and Chicago. It's always the shitty teams that make me to make me nervous, honestly. Yeah. Um, I just said you said I wanted to talk about too is the okay. Coyote is their ASU stadium uh season ticket prices for their oh, 5,100 yep. seat capacity arena yep shit is crazy granted worst seat in the house is basically a lower bowl ticket is 110 bucks on a on a half season plan 89 if you get full season so it's like shit's expensive like there's no cheap options and like rightfully so this is exactly what like Bettman said when he was like oh there's models where the coyotes could actually maintain or increase revenue this is exactly it the team's playing in a much smaller arena the team's playing in a much wealthier part of town where the majority of coyotes fans really live people are gonna i think i really do think this barn's gonna be full every night like it's it should be yeah i, should, I shouldn't have to say that but <laughs> I think it's going to be a fun place to to watch a game and like it's a unique opportunity to like catch a hockey game in a small barn which I don't know if after this assuming this all happens I don't know if this opportunity would ever present itself outside of like an exhibition game or something like I don't think you'd ever have this kind of atmosphere like collegiate style hockey arena for an NHL team is pretty damn cool in my opinion is it gimmicky is it short-sighted yeah but um I think it's neat. I think it's a cool idea. And, and, you know, I get wanting to keep the team in Phoenix. I get wanting to make all this shit happen, but I don't know. I hate to see beer prices. That's for damn sure. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited. I'm going to try to go. I know you're, you're, you're not a far travel distance either. And seeing a hockey, your favorite hockey team in front of 3000 people is a lot different of an experience than seeing them in front of 20. And um, it's really no different than a stadium band like Metallica or green day going on tour and doing like small rooms it's kind of punk rock like I, I think it's cool it's not punk rock to charge people 120 dollars a seat if you're a season ticket holder but i mean gonna be exciting nonetheless they, they had their backs up against the wall you know they're I, you know i'm interested to see if this winds up becoming kind of like the vegas flu scenario because it is on a college campus are these boys gonna like just roll into town and just start slaying chicks and like partying you know it's like you're right there. You're going to be sharing a rink with the sun devils who are on most nights going to probably be drawing just as many kids, if not more, it's just going to, it's going to be a hype scenario, you know, it'll be fun. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it'll be a Vegas flu situation in in any way, shape or form, but you don't think Crosby's going to be hitting up some frat boy parties and uh, reliving his glory days. Probably, probably not. <laughs> probably not, but uh, no, it's be- exciting. It's cool though. I, I, I mean, it's going to keep them in the desert for what another three years. They had to sign that three-year lease and they're not moving anytime soon. Batman's well, been putting uh, that. To apparently rest. in the off season, there's still a vote with like the board for Tempe or whatever that has to approve this. Um, if they don't sign off on it, they don't have anywhere to play. If that were to happen. They're probably gone. They're probably moving oh, somewhere. Wow. They won't have a choice. I feel like, but uh, I mean, you can go to Tucson. That's where their AHL team is. They have like an 8,000 seat arena, but and it's going to be abysmal there. So I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen. There'll be a shit show for the league, but 
Aren't they doing like a preseason game in in Kansas City? The Blues are like against somebody. They, you... they have like every year, yeah. Okay, you, you you don't think that they're kind of testing the waters to see what kind of attendance that they can oh, get yeah. out in Kansas? Okay, they, they have yeah, it for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Kansas City's always been on the radar. Obviously, Houston. Um, everyone wants to cry about Quebec, Quebec. City, but like <laughs> Canadian dollars sucks. Sorry, Canadians, it's not happening. Batman won't want it, so. It is what it is. They're saying if they relocate, they stay in the U.S., probably Houston. Second up is Kansas City. After that, all bets are off, in my opinion. So, All right, let's go to questions. But uh, before we do that, we want to thank you guys so much for checking out another episode. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. We just hit the 200 mark. Very awesome. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that great stuff. Well, we don't have – well, we have personal Instagram, so never mind that. Um but yeah, no, just check them out and, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe and go back and watch all those uh, interviews that we did. We have some great ones with Nate Schmidt, Mike McKenna. Um, we had Cam Jansen on, who was absolutely sauced. I think that people kind of underrated that one a little bit. Yeah, so, so go back and visit that episode as well, because that was great. Uh, I remember he was like picking up his cat, showing us his cat. And he was, just, he was hyped. It was a great interview. So go back and check that out as well. It was like one of the most recent episodes. Um but yeah, let's get into questions. And the first one is from Twitter. It's from a Tim Ward, a, uh, a.k.a. at that guy, 448, solid name. Um, <laughs> he wants to know who our MVP is for the season. I'm assuming he's talking like league-wide. Like who do we think is the most important player to their team league-wide? Um, you can kick it off if you want. I got to think about this one for a second. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with the cop out and, and you know, I'm going to say Matthews. I mean, the dude's had an unreal year and yeah, he does have Marner on his line dude's and he does have guys games down the stretch. Might not get 60 goals. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. He He's had a hell of a year. He's so exciting to watch. You take Matthews away from the Leafs and are they really a true contender? I, I, I don't see so. I don't see that being an option. I mean, yeah, they have Nylander, they have Marner, like they do have help, help, help from some of these guys in the uh, on the lower part of their their roster, but I mean, for the most part, you can't deny that Austin Matthews is the most electric and the best hockey player in the league this season. And so that's my pick, Jonathan Huberdeau. Yeah, that's a good one too. Dude's dude's so fucking underrated because he plays in Florida. It's the only right. reason. Dude has fucking like 83 assists, 30 goal season. Tie, he's tied Connor McDavid for the points league, which is insane. Granted, the Panthers offense is insane also, but like, it's just nuts. Like, you look at it like where McDavid and Dreisaitl, 113 points, 106 points. Then you have Huberto, 113 points, tied for first in the league. You have to go all the way down to 17th with Barkov, who was 86. Granted, he's missed like five or six games, but it's just like, dude, arguably going to have the best record in the league. You're completely carrying your team on offense. That like, I don't, I don't know a different pick. And I mean, the problem is he plays in Florida, so he's probably not going to win anything unless he ends up getting the points uh, title. But outside of that, like he would just go completely, you know, sight unseen. No one would really care. They bring it up during their playoff run, but like they get ousted in the first or second rounds. No one's going to remember. No one's going to hype it up anymore. It's kind of a sad thing in my opinion. 30 goals, 81 assists for 111 points in 76 games, all while carrying a plus 39. 
that's just this season. The dude's well, they won to, they won tonight, so he added two more assists. So it's just insane. Yeah. It, and I I I gotta admit, I, I he was off my radar for the longest time. But if you go back, it's the so dude's nuts. Yeah, 61 points, 78 points, 92, 69. Nice. And, and you and you gotta and you gotta think like all these games too that he's playing, like 2018, 2019, and beyond, like Florida stunk. Right. And now that he has like good support supporting players around him on his lines, like he's blowing up and rightfully so. He has like 28. He's fucking money. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so we have one more question. It's from the sports advocate on Twitter. They want to know uh, who are the untouchable players on the team when it comes to freeing up cap space for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um you know, I'm going to give a, a, a maybe an unpopular opinion on this because obviously the untouchable players are the guys that have full no movements. So Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, these are guys that you're not uh, Jack Eichel, who actually doesn't have a full new movement. They could flip them if they wanted to um, and probably get more than what they paid for them. Yeah. They're, they're not going to uh, because he's having an unreal year and. You know what? I'm also going to call out people that are fucking talking shit on Jack Eichel on the internet. Like he's, he's, he's doing a horrible thing by being on any team he's on. Let's just get real here. Buffalo has been a horrible team for a very long time. And yeah, they're starting to turn the tide. Some of these guys like Alex Tuck, Tate Thompson are starting to come around, but you've had Craig Anderson in net for like the past 49 years. The dude's like 103 years old and I nice guy, but with goaltending like that, you're, you're not going to be ever a contender. And, you know, I don't know. They, it's not the fact that the dude's a locker room cancer. I hate that term, but that's that's not how it works. He's just a, a talented player on an uh, unhappy, on an unsuccessful team. He's doing great this year. So obviously he's untouchable. Um, but aside from those guys, right, the obvious ones because of either no movements or because they're they're just superstars, I, I, I think that the misfits, I think Jonathan Marcheseau and William Carlson and Riley Smith, I think they're untouchable. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. And here's why I think that the organization saw the, the outpour, the outcry of negativity that came with letting the face of the franchise go with flurry. Then they had to let Reeves go who was arguably the second fan favorite. Alex Tuck's Alex Tuck was a huge fan favorite. You had, you let these guys go for business reasons. Right. And they have a lot of marketing. They have a lot of, um, fans that get behind the misfit line, you know, they call them the golden misfits that first year. I think they're going to keep them together for solidarity. If nothing else, I think that each dude is, is making a fair uh, dollar amount on their contract. I mean, it's pretty much only about $15 million for that line. It's not bad even for a third line. I, I say the misfits stay put. I know people are, are quick to grab the pitchforks for William Carlson. Cause he's not netting 43 goals anymore, but hey. You know, you can't argue that kind of value for those three guys. I, I think that they're safe. Untouchable? Yep. Fulton untouchable. Evgeny Dadanov. What do you mean? <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, just I mean he, he has great. a ten, he has a he has a ten. Yeah. I mean he's we fucking, know that <laughs> he's been electric since then. I mean, good, good, good on him. But um I mean, when you look at it like objectively. Anyone who doesn't have a no movement clause, like the only one that I, I mean, I think for the right price, you could, you could move Carlson. I know you don't want to, I mean, even more so, I think, I think the big one is, is Pacioretty. Um, he's only got a 10 team, no trade clause as well. 
what you get for him is a different story, especially being only one year and going on to, you know, 34, 34 years old at that point. But my hot take is I don't know if we'll resign Riley Smith. He's got a knee injury, long-term IR. I don't know if that's what they end up doing. He might end up cutting loose, cutting him loose as much as you don't want him to. I think that that's a very real possibility for the Knights. I mean, I'm excited to see evolution of this team. I, I really am. I think it's exciting to watch somebody be this aggressive and, and buy players. And I don't know. So as much as I wouldn't want to see them break up the misfits, I just don't think that they would just because they, they, they kind of want to have some level of stability so people can go, oh, yeah, we still got that. Still have that glimmer of hope from that first season. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um Going to be an interesting offseason. They got to shed nine mil. So who knows how that's going to go, especially with this whole goaltending situation being a big question mark. Um, So, yeah, thank you guys so much for chiming in uh, and and tuning in and continuing to do so. Make sure you guys support our amazing sponsors at Schlafly Brewing Company. They're amazing. They're based out of St. Louis. But if you, you go to their website, you go to their app, you can find out how to order it. You can find out at your local um, liquor store where you can pick some up. It's amazing. They have a, a half of eyes that's incredible. They're, they have basically everything. They're, they're a great beginners company to craft beers. So make sure you check them out as well as one in a million handyman company. Um, check them out as well. If you're in the local Summerlin, Las Vegas, paradise, Nevada area, anything you wanted to add here towards the end? Uh, two things. Let's go blues. And I should have taken you up on that bet for Austin Matthews not scoring 60 because I'm pretty sure that he's <laughs> going to fucking rest them till the playoffs because they don't want to choke a first round and risk it Matthews injury further. So I think that that's scary though to let a guy sit that long. Yeah, hey. going to go cold like he always has, right? Yep. Well, we'll see. We'll see if they're going to have it. Uh, they don't have it right now, which I just checked in. They were losing five to nothing last time and to you, Tampa. You'd, you'd like to know the Canucks, uh, Canucks yeah. lost as well. So Yes, that's great. That's great. Um, awesome. So thanks for tuning in, guys. I would cheers you, but I have absolutely nothing. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take Bye care. Everyone.